to the Waking Up From Work podcast. My name's Dave Swillam. Let's get ready to hustle. Hey, what's up, guys? And welcome back to the Waking Up From Work podcast. How about that? I'm going to keep messing with you. Uh, Today, you're listening to episode 43 of the podcast. Really excited. There's been a lot of momentum since we picked it up to weekly. A lot of people hanging out on Thursday nights, Eastern at Dave Wake Up, if you want to check it out. Thank you guys for all the engagement. It's been a lot of fun. Today is going to be a podcast episode about creating sales for creatives. So one big thing that I've seen with creatives is a million amazing things about you people and myself, lots of amazing attributes of that type of person. But one opportunity that I see pretty across the board is a lot of us really don't like selling our art. And what I really want to put out in this podcast episode and just as a thought is that It doesn't mean that you're selling out because there's a right and a wrong way to sell. So what I really want to get ingrained out there is that I think being a real salesperson in 2020 in a modern age where everything's ultra transparent, you can look up everything online beforehand, there's nothing to hide, right? So it doesn't mean being like an old school car salesman and, you know, like, doing, you know, shitty art or shitty music or whatever it is to just make you buy something. What it's about is finding people that need or could be assisted or gain value from the things that you do, finding them, showing them how you can do that, and then doing it, right? (laughs) So it literally is that simple and it doesn't have to be more than that. So please don't make it into a thing. But definitely, if you haven't come up with some process where you're going out there and you're looking to create opportunities, create engagement with people who could benefit from the things that you do, whether you're just a musician and you're writing music and you're trying to find fans that might want to listen to your music and stream it or buy a shirt or two or whatever it is that you're doing, everyone has an opportunity out there to grow their business. And this is one to anyone out there who hasn't been doing it because they're maybe an introvert or they feel like they're selling out or something like that. I really wanted to start the conversation up on that. So we talked to Stephanie from Grow Disrupt, who works with small businesses and entrepreneurs and things like that to help them do that within like a weekend to kind of change their headspace up. So we have a longer than normal episode. Ryan, unfortunately, couldn't make it out tonight because work messed with his schedule a little bit. So just me and Stephanie hanging out, but the conversation was killer and I felt really good energy with her. So excited to have you guys here and uh, yeah, let's do it. Hey, and welcome back to episode 43 today of the Waking Up From Work podcast where we get to work, making work a passion. There's my corny line. I'm not going to drop it for anyone that asked me. Um, But that's my line. And uh, for those of you who are just tuning in or haven't seen it before, we are about creative entrepreneurs, creatives looking to take what they do and what they want to do and creating a 
full-time living out of it. So whether you're a musician, you're an artist, you're just a straight-up entrepreneur because I firmly believe that there's so much creativity in that process that that's that piece of the brain. We're here to help you do that and talk through me and Ryan, who isn't here tonight because he's stuck at work, you know, the journey. So tonight I have on Stephanie from Grow Disrupt coming at us from San Antonio, Texas. So there's a little time zone juggling that we did. And she is in a nutshell or Grow Disrupt in a nutshell is an event company, but not an event company like I'm going to go plan your event, which actually we're talking with someone who does that next week, which is funny. But uh, what they do is they throw events and coach specifically towards helping small businesses either start up, move forward, or scale from where they're at, just helping them in every facet that they need in that way. And uh, I brought her on today. She actually reached out to me um, and we started jiving really, really hard on content when we were emailing back and forth. And I was like, yeah, absolutely. Like I'm feeling it. And uh, then I told her that she should have a drink for the show. And no one ever takes me up on that quite as much unless I'm like legit doing the brewery ones where I've been in a brewery before. And she showed up with bourbon, which is straight to my heart. So I had to join her too. So we're both having a, uh, a bourbon right now. So cheers, Stephanie. Thanks for being here tonight. Cheers. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So do you want to, for people that don't know your company, which um, we have a lot of listeners around the country and even the world, and that's awesome. But uh, we're super heavy in New England, obviously, because that's where we're stationed at here. So for anyone that hasn't heard of the company, do you want to kind of explain like what is Grow Disrupt, background, like anything that you want to do to to tell people like what's up and, and who you are, Stephanie? Yeah. Um, so who started the company in 2014. Um, we have gone through multiple shifts and changes. Long story for how we got started. Um one of the things that always blows people away when I talk is how um, I started the company in May 2014, and in August, I had made more money part-time than I had full-time, and I walked away from my job. Oh, and, my God. Huge growth. Yeah, it was... It was. I mean, everyone always goes, oh, my gosh, You're like, for real? I'm like, yeah. I was super driven. Um, the company that I was working for had screwed me over multiple times, and so... Um, I I was done. I was like out of there. I checked out. I took off. <laughs> um, and I built the business. And when I started the business, it was just a sales training business. Um, and the more I did it, we built it up. I, we, I was the largest sales training practice in Central Texas. And I realized that sales training wasn't what I loved. So I had to go through this really awkward change of everyone's still calling me a sales trainer. Oh, Stephanie's the best sales trainer. Oh, Stephanie's such a great sales trainer. And doing this transition into working with small businesses. And I tried doing coaching and I realized I didn't want to be a business coach. And so I shifted from being a business coach into doing events and designing events because I realized you could make a bigger impact. And so that's what we do now is we, I mean, we really go into intimate levels that people don't even realize you have to plan at an event. But when you do plan those things out, I mean, minor, minor details that people think is crazy um, and all based on like a psychology level of how do we get people to where they can come into the room, they can engage with our speakers, learn, 
implement what they just picked up because we all go to events. We learn stuff. We don't do anything with it. We didn't want that to happen. So right. we turned, we turned putting events into a science um, and designed the event that you can go to attend. And now, you know, can absolutely truly like transform your business in a two day event. And it's just, it's really, really feels amazing to be there. It's like, um, like no one realizes the details, like, like say someone's setting up a hotel, right? Right. There are actually different scents for each different hotel that you go into and they work with scent designers to create the scent for the vibe that they want you to feel right away. Yep. And they're literally picking the different substances that that's going to like frame out to fit that feel. And it's like, no one thinks about that when you walk into a hotel, it just smells a certain way. Right. And you might not even think about the smell. You just walk in and like, you just feel a certain way because they did that. But it's those minute details that someone's thinking about that makes something truly impactful and more of an experience and something that you're, you're feeling and organically just experiencing instead of fixating on the small things. So like, I truly appreciate that definitely makes sense to me. Why, if you're going to try to do something in two days where it truly is going to have an impact, then you really have to get down to the nitty gritty. Yeah, you, right? you do. Yeah. And, and you're right. And it makes, I mean, it, 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 it amazes me down to like, and people did notice this one, but like I'll change clothes throughout the day because it makes the whole event feel fresher. And when people feel fresher, they'll actually like remember better what mm. they're learning. Right. So and like cool. those are it's stupid little things that you barely notice, or if you do notice it, you don't notice. Like, weren't you wearing a purple shirt earlier? And you're just yeah. like, you're like, no. How much are you learning right now? How do you feel? And they're like, I, I feel good now. I don't know. Yeah, like people would come up to me and be like, "You look so fresh." It just, I feel better. I'm like, <laughs> you're like, yeah, right. Yeah, thank That's you. Awesome. You're so kind. So like before we hit like what these experiences do, what we do to like in two days flip a business with the way Mm -hmm. that they're kind of doing things, I would love to dig in, even though you, it sounds like, you know, you initially got out of a job that you didn't like and you built a job for yourself. And that's why you're like, I need to get out of this thing and make it more what I want it to be. But what led, because we have people on here, um, you know, of all sorts of backgrounds in whatever they're doing, completely different business models than what you were doing, like sales coaching versus like being an audio engineer or being a graphic designer. It's completely different industries. But mm-hmm. what do you think contributed to that like five, six month period of just like explosive growth? What was it that was driving that to you? So there were a couple of things. One of the big ones that really was, I mean, really the biggest driver for me was, um, so I'll give you the background on this because it was like a moment that will make a lot more sense as to why it became such a big driver for me after, you know, I explained this. Sure. But um, in September, 2013, I, uh, September 19th, 2013, I rolled over. It was, you know, early in the morning, hadn't even gotten out of bed. It was payday commission day, Friday. I was so excited because this was the first commission day. Um, I was, you know, new out of college, just a few years out of college. Um, just getting my feet on the ground, finally starting to save some money. And I'd run all the numbers. I knew how much money was supposed to in my bank account. And I was going to be able like, okay, this much money's coming in. I got to transfer this over, you know, for bills. I got to send this over here. 
and I'm going to be able to put this much from that paycheck into my savings account. Mm-hmm. And for the first time ever, I was going to have more than $10,000 in cash. And I was like, Hell yeah. stoked. I was so excited. Awesome. And um, I roll over, I log into my banking app and um, my paycheck is about $3,000 short of what it's mm. supposed to be, which was my commission amount. Yeah. And I'm sitting here going, um, what? what? Yeah. Like, <laughs> like I'm laying in bed going, am I fired? And they just didn't tell me like, <laughs> what's going on? Squeeze me. And so I'm, I'm freaking out. Um, I go into work, I pull my boss aside. I'm like, what happened? You know, cause my, my boyfriend at the time I'm talking to him, I'm like, oh my gosh, what do I do? He's like, well, maybe they, maybe there was a mistake. Maybe they'll have a counting error. Me. Issue yeah. payday. You never bomb. know. So I go into work. I pull my boss aside. I'm like, "Hey, so there was no commission on my check this morning." And she goes, "Oh, I meant to tell you. Um, your position doesn't get a commission anymore." <laughs> I'm like, "What? <laughs> this is not what you tell people. Like, oh. when you like, no, this is something you tell people three weeks before. You don't tell people this when they sh- like the day they're supposed to get paid." <laughs> that that is like grade a mismanagement like that's like literally an exact issue of leadership when stuff like because like i i like i work sales now right for my day job i used to work a sales leadership position too where like i literally was the person that had to tell people when people were getting laid off or when like i had to be that person and uh you can't like that f's with someone's entire life and you can't just take that lightly where you're just like your entire life is getting completely fucked right now. And I'm going to not tell you anything beforehand or anything like all it takes is empathy and understanding how humans feel and realizing how bad it feels to wake up in the morning when something that you have planned in your entire life is now not what you planned and no one communicated it with you. That's automatically like you're like bad leadership immediately. Bad yeah, leadership. it it cre- well, and that's the stuff. Like you, people just start checking out at that point. Like, oh, like, I joke. I'm now. all set, then. Okay. Yeah, like, like I'm like, I'm like, so I, whenever I work with someone, I'm always like, do not screw with your sales reps' commission checks, because if you do, six years later, they will be standing on a stage talking about you. <laughs> <laughs> and like everyone's like, <gasps> yeah. But, or so, podcasting okay, so about then, like, you. This starts this eight month process of them just screwing with me. Like, okay. oh, well, you're going to get a commission check next month. Oh, no, sorry. But you're going to get one next month. Oh, no, sorry. But next month. Mm, no, but next like eight months of this. And in March, oh. um, they finally rolled out a commission check, commission plan to all of us. And we were all really excited. We were finally going to get commission because it was my entire department was getting screwed with. Like I was the, I was the, their manager and my entire department was getting screwed with. And so finally in March, they're like, okay, everyone's going to finally get a commission check again. And then of course, you know, payday Friday rolls around and they're like, oh, oh well, we didn't get approved all the way, oh. but it's good next month, next month. I'm going to need month. you to come in on a Saturday. Right. Oh. <laughs> So we're like, so, so then in April, what happened, they made a mistake. Someone, someone processed a refund in my territory. Someone actually got a commission check? Oh, yeah, yeah. Everyone on my team got a commission check except me. 
Oh, is a mis- wait? Where's everyone actually supposed to? I was making a joke. I was no, like, the like everyone was, actually, was actually supposed to get a commission check, but okay. they had made some sort of mistake in my territory, and so <laughs> I was literally the only person on the team who didn't get a commission check. Oh, <laughs> and I'm sitting there in my boss's office, and I'm crying, and I'm crying, and I'm so upset, and I'm just like, I'm like this. I mean, dude, nine months. This is ridiculous. And I looked at him, and I said. I will be gone by October. And he laughed. Oh, okay. And that moment, I was like, oh, fuck you. <laughs> like, okay. Yeah. Like, no, this is legit happening, dude. Like, I was so angry. And so I flew out to California in April. I got training on how to do open, start a sales training business. And I flew back and it was. I mean, I was on fire. I was going out to the car. Like I would walk two and a half blocks in the heat at lunch every single day in San Antonio, Texas. I mean, we're talking 95 degrees and humidity, walking two and a half blocks in heels out to my car, making cold calls, calling my butt off until I got, until I started getting bookings. I I worked my butt off. I was so fired up. I was so mad that they could screw with me for so long. I was so mad that he laughed like, and I made that to me, like I'm a person, I'm a person of my word. So when I say I'm going to do something, I do it. So when I said I'll be gone by October, like I was going to be gone. I was going to quit whether or not the business was ready to (laughs) take care of me. So it was like this huge, like I have to get the business rolling because I wasn't married at the time. Like I wasn't going to call my parents and ask them for money. Like it had to work. There was no ifs, ands, or buts. I was working, you know, 50 hours a week at my job. I was working 35 hours a week at my, on my business. I was working 15 hours a week running a dojo. Like I was working my butt off and it, it paid, obviously it paid out really well, but it was, it was a, it was an intense five months and um, I don't think I could have done it if it wasn't for, you know, my business coach who was giving me a lot of really solid advice on what to do, how awesome. to run things, how not to do things. Um, my boyfriend at the time was super supportive. So I talk a lot about friend power and how the friends you choose, you know, you got you to gotta choose friends carefully. And 100%. that is just huge to me. Huge, yep. huge, huge. We definitely preach that on the show too. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you're not going to do it without them. You're not, you're, you just not like you're the sum of the five people that you spend the most of your time with. Right. Yep. Seriously. Yep. Un- unreal principle. And it's like, and it's all like, we've talked about it, so I'm not going to like dive hard into it, but it's literally like, just like you were talking about the details, like psychological details to make a experience. I firmly mm-hmm. believe those five people are that way too, where you might be like, well, I am so you know, I've got such a mindset that I ignore them, but it's like, regardless of if you can, if you ignore them, if you're around people that are doing the things that are negative things for you, like you don't want to do those things, even if you're able to ignore them, it makes it take more energy for you to do life because you're actively doing things in your head without you knowing it to ignore those things so you don't fall subject to what they're doing. Like whatever it is, whatever vice it is or whatever thing, like even if they're just chilling and you know that you have to work your ass off like that five months, it's just harder to be around the five people that are chilling 
and hanging and doing whatever, if you can't do that at that time, it is just harder to be around them. Even if they're not negatively affecting you straight up, it's just a fact. Yeah. Like it just, it just is. So it, I definitely yeah, it, well, and so you, cause the thing is you only get so much energy, right? Per day, per month, per week, you only get so much energy. You have to choose where to invest it. And if you have like, this is one of the things, you know, I, I hired a coach to work with some of the mental barriers I've got, cause we all have stuff to work on in personal growth. Yep. And someone was like, you know, stuff you're doing really well, you know, you're obviously succeeding quite a bit. Why do you need to hire another coach? And I said, because avoiding looking, opening those doors in my head is costing me energy every single day. Mm. Avoiding hanging out with those friends is costing you energy. And when you're in that mode of, I have five months to build this business, to replace my income, to walk away and make a real change in my life. You are like, I went to my boyfriend at the time and I said, Hey, heads up, I'm starting a business. Um, if you're going to walk, like now's the time to do it because we're not going for movies every Friday night and bike rides every evening and, you know, theme parks on the weekend. We're not doing that stuff anymore until I get this business off the ground. And it <laughs> may take me, it may take me a few years to do it, but like, this is the reality of my life now. Um, if I can't get it off the ground within three years to the point where we can start having some time together again, then I will, you know, if you're still around, I'll shut the business down. I'll go get a job. Mm. But I'm going to do whatever it takes to get this thing off the ground. And he just kind of looked at me. He said, okay, go for it. I'm here. Yeah, I got your back. And awesome. he was, I mean, he was, he was great. And it, it took us about two and a half years to get to where I could start really taking my evenings off again and taking some weekends off to hang out with him and really prioritizing him again. Um, yeah. But it was, it was so important. And you got to be able to have that conversation and understand, like, especially with friends, right? you may outgrow those guys. When you decide to go through this shift, you may outgrow them. Now they're sitting there working their jobs, you know, they're nine to fives. You're building a business. Your interests, your your conversations are going to change from what theirs are, right? right? So 100%. yeah, you, you, it's just, it's not, you gotta be so careful about it. You really do. Cause it'll, it will make or break you. Yeah. That's really good. Yeah. I mean, we've gone through the same thing, Meg and I, and, um, it's been really interesting the past year because, you know, I didn't really know that she wanted to go after some stuff and we found, we kind of found that out together. And now it's like, we're both pursuing things. And, uh, I kind of have this like timeline in my head of, we know, um, you know, we've been married for a little bit. We know when we want to have kids in life, and I just mm-hmm. have it in my head. I was like, I need whatever it is that I'm doing to succeed enough that I am stable by that time that I'm having kids. Because at that point, you can definitely still do it. I just, I want to be available and just onto that next portion of my life. And I want to be through that grind period yeah, before that time. So that that way I can just be that person at that time. And so it's like, it's it's definitely funny how you said that where you're like, I have certain amount of years that I need to be this person so that I can get to be this thing for the rest of my life. And it's right. like, it's not, um, it's not a halfway thing. It's really like, if you have any type of timeline where you want to achieve something, there's going to be a timeline of that grind. And, and if you're doing that grind 
for your life, then there's a problem because like you shouldn't have to do that your whole life. You should, you should definitely have to do that at some points. And I feel like that's what separates people from doing or not doing, but you also shouldn't have to always do that. Or that means that systematically there's probably an issue somewhere at that point, you know, just like you noticed, you're like, uh, you know, like this is starting to succeed, succeed, but like, I don't love it. So it feels like a grind to me, even if it isn't. So I got to pivot to this thing. And now like you might be at a space where you're like, all right, now it's doing what it needs to do as a business for me. It's also making me as a person feel whole to be what it's supposed to be for now this segment of my life. This next section. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I mean, the grind will wear you out. You can't do the grind all you the time. You can't just grind only. Yeah. You and, can't and, just I mean, only grind. I, I go through phases where I listen to Grant Cardone and <laughs> it's like when I'm in the grind phase is what I'm like listening to him because he makes it me feel like, hey, I can do this. I can do this. Yeah, but yeah, then like yeah. I can't do it for long term because he's always grinding. And I'm like, dude, I don't think that's healthy. No, like, it's not. You've got, we had this one guy speak at our event uh, a couple weeks ago, Garrett Gunderson, and he's all about, he's like, look, being wealthy, he's like, I know people who are rich really, really effing rich. And they're not wealthy because they are so scared to lose every penny they've made. Yep. That's not being wealthy. He said being wealthy is having money and enjoying it and not having to worry about running out of it because your business, your life is set up in a way that it continues to provide that. And that's the key is you can grind to get to that point, but sooner or later, you have to really allow yourself that space to enjoy it and to be a different person because you put everything on hold for too long. Sooner or later, your body's going to put everything on hold. Right. And it like also like I have, I have like a piece of me as a human being that is like a grind person. And what I mean by that is like, I innately just want to do things all the time, but that doesn't mean that I should do only work for all those things all the time. And that's what I've learned about myself is like, if I have those days off, I'm still not like straight up Sabbathing and like hanging out at home and Netflixing. Like I'm going to go out, but maybe I'm going to go out and kayak or hike or go for, you know, long runs or like, I'm going to go or go shooting or like go do things right. that are not the thing that I'm grinding on. And I, what I notice is like, whenever I'm out of whack, when I go into like, all right, now I'm seven days a week, I'm doing like X amount of hours. And like, I go into like full grind mode for like project deadlines or whatever puts me in that way. Whenever that happens, I always hit a point where like, I'm like, F it. I don't care if I make anything anymore. I'm going to take like a week and I'm going to disappear. Whereas if like I can find the balance, then I, I'm consistently, cause I like to be busy anyway. I'm, if I find the balance where I still give myself like one day straight up off or like whatever you need as a person, cause everyone's different then I'm always more productive than when I allow myself to be full grind mode all the time because then I hit that wall. And if yeah. I make it so I don't hit the wall, then I can just keep going and I'm actually happy on both sides of it. And that's like the sweet spot. But everyone's different with what they do, you know? Well, I've started, so I've started having this conversation a lot. Um, and I, I think, you know, I think it comes up because I look for it, but like, I'm like, I'm on a crusade now. So I know we've all been told, you know, time is your most valuable resource, right? Yeah. You know, you can get, you can't get, you can get more money. You can't get more time, yep. but I'm actually on this whole crusade now that time is not your most valuable resource. Energy is. And what you have, cause if you think about this, we've all had time, but not had the energy to do anything with it. Right, right. Dead time. Right. And you're just, you're literally laying there going, I'm so tired. 
I'm so worn out. And sometimes you didn't even do anything. You just hung out with that person, like that person, right? And so what I keep talking to people about, I'm like, you have to keep in mind that energy is your most valuable resource. Because if you're in high energy mode, you can produce more results in the same amount of time as someone who is in low energy mode. Love it. If I'm in high energy mode, I attract people to me who one, help me stay in high energy mode and two, two tasks with me, right? I attract a team to help get me where we're going. And so what's important to recognize is that we have got to start putting our energy into the places that replenish our energy. And when you're in hustle and grind mode, you are having to do stuff that is draining your energy. You are doing stuff that is not keeping you high energy. You're doing some stuff that is not inside of your energy advantage. We're trying to be like environmental about this. We're looking for reusable energy here, people. Right. right? Yeah, get your, get your, what is Let's your wind, go. You it's know. 2020. What are you thinking out there? <laughs> <laughs> right? No more coal energy, y'all. You Stop burning that crap. <laughs> Um, but th- so like, that's, that's the thing I keep, I'm like you, so if you take that, you have to take that time off, right? Cause so if you're doing the hustle and the grind, you are running out of energy. Even if you're doing a lot of stuff that you're high energy and you are wearing, so you have to take that time where, like I talked earlier, I said, you know, when I'm doing painting, painting for me is not high energy. I'm not like painting like, like it's <laughs> not how it goes. Right. When I'm painting, it's a lot quieter. I'm usually sitting and I'm just focus, but it's very rejuvenating. Mm, And so spending my time, spending my energy in ways that create more energy to me is just, it's so important. And that's why I think those, those times off are so important for, especially people who are in the hustling grind. Hell yeah. Like, like I have band practice once a week on Wednesdays and my band, like whoever knows, but like my plan with my band, I'm not like sitting there being like, we're going to make it. I'm not, I'm not behind it in that way. I'm all in on like my audio things and like the, the things I'm doing with the podcast and things like that, that have more gusto to, to be like, Hey, this is the thing that needs to succeed. But the reason why I got into audio as a profession or anything that I do is because of music. And I knew that if I didn't keep that in my life, then I would lose all reason for why I do what I do. So yeah. I practice on Wednesdays. That takes me a Wednesday night out of what I'm doing, like what I need for time. Right. That's taking that time out of my week. And I need that time right now because I'm working a day job and I'm hustling every single friggin' night and on the weekend. So like that Wednesday night for me means something. So to take that away, it has to really be valuable, but it does yeah. exactly what you're saying. Where like I do a Wednesday night I literally work on zero projects on that. I don't do anything else but that. When I come back in to my day job, first of all, which is important because like I need to perform there. I need to exist there. I can't just like not exist, right? Right. When I come into my day job on Thursday, I'm ready to go and I'm thinking about that and everything. So I'm ready to go. I perform well there. And then I'm still ready to go again because I just went out like straight up creativity, only focused at what I love, only focused on what I care about literally not aimed for any point of success or trying to be anything for anyone. And that allowing that gives me energy that I need. So like, I'm with you on that, that investment of a Wednesday night away from what I should be doing. Yeah. Well, I think you said something really, really important there too, where like when you're at work, you have to be on at work, right? When you're at the, when you're with your band, you're with your band, like it's going all in there's this myth about multitasking that needs to die. Like seriously needs to die. Yep. We need to 
we have to get to a point where we are, we're single-minded, focused, all in, like right here, right now. Like it's killing me that my phone is even up over here because it keeps going off and I'm seeing stuff pop it up. And I'm like trying really, usually I like put it away in a drawer so I can't hear it. I can't see it. Yeah. Um, because I, I want to be like all in, in one place. And, I, you know, it's, I'm ADD, so that's a little harder for me than, you know, some I, people. <laughs> I am too. My my uh, mentor of mine in the past, he was a business leader in an organization I was in that I really, really respect. He used to always say the phrase, be where your feet are. Mm, I right? love that. Be where your feet are. And that's just wherever I am, I'm going to be hyper present to whoever is in this area. And I really liked that quote. And um, that stuck with me for some time now. I love that. I just grabbed, so I have this little like, I have my, my Stephanie Bible Proverbs thing. I'm like, I just grabbed it because I want to remember to put that in here when we're done. It, Cause I think that's an awesome, like it's only Proverbs or is it other stuff too? What is it? Well, well, so they're all like little, like it's all like little, so I don't know if you can even see this, but like, so it's all the, the statements, the stuff that has really come to mean stuff to me. So like one of my favorite quotes is, is one that I created a while ago that called, says passion creates action, action creates results. Mm. And then, you know, one of my favorite quotes from Shakespeare about our doubts are traitors and oft make us lose the good we might win by fearing to attempt. And so it's like all, it's not like actual proverbs, like biblical proverbs, although I think there's a couple of them in here, but it's like the stuff that really has like made a huge impact for me that I want to be able to remember that I want to go back and be like, okay, this was important. And what is it, what did it mean to me when I was writing it down and, and kind of put myself back in that headspace? I love that. That's really yeah. cool. I have my little Bible right here, but it's not, it's more mixed than that. Like this is like daily goals. It is things like timeline or like what I'm trying to accomplish. It's things I'm grateful for. And then it is also just random stuff like that. It's just not always quotes. It is just like, I don't know. But when I get hit with something, it usually goes in here. So it's same reason. Like I'll complete this probably in the next month. And I have another one that I already have sitting in my drawer ready to go, you know? Yeah. I love journals, man. My husband gets me journals every year for Christmas because like I just churn through them and I have, I have literally bookshelves full of journals. <laughs> you have bookshelves full of journals. He's got bookshelves full of bourbon. What a solid household. That's right? a place that I want to be bourbon in a book. I'm good for an afternoon on a Sunday. You know, yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, I'm not gonna lie. I love our house. I could, I. So my husband's in. Um, he's he's in Wisconsin for the week for work. Um, and he was he was laughing when he left because I work from home because my team is spread all across the U.S. Sure, we only really come together for events. So like, why I have an office? And when I left, he was like, "Okay, here's the rule: you have to leave the house." I was At like, "Some point." <laughs> what? He's like, no, you have to leave the house this week, Steph. I was like, okay. So my dad works from home. And I remember the day when I truly understood like what working from home could be when I walked in from school and I saw him top full suit, full suit, tie, everything full suit. He legit had a background that he set up behind him. Like this, it looks like, like a movie scene. It was legit underwear and i'm just like and he's like 
a huge Zoom or Skype meeting with like top execs all around the world. And I'm just sitting there side view from him. And I'm just like, it took me probably like 15 minutes of just being like, that's happening. Okay. That's the world that we can live in right now. And just so you know, I do have pants on. I'm not following in his steps. I have some, some khaki sh- pants on. But uh, uh, it's just, like I saw that. And I was like, okay, working from home can be a weird thing. You know, it can, <laughs> it can be, you have it the potential can, but now. It can be like, there are times when I'm like, I'm running a call and I'm curled up on the couch under a blanket, like with my cup of tea. And like, I'm like, I, I am going to have a really hard time. We've actually been talking and more of my team as our events are getting bigger and more frequent, more of my team is moving to San Antonio with me. And that's awesome. <laughs> I'm like, like, crap, I got to get an office this year. Damn it. Oh, <laughs> I remember uh, when I had my house, right? I remember um, I was on a conference call and there was like, I think we were being bitched out for something. Like it, it was like a, it was like a big, huge sales call, like across like tons and tons of places around the, the New England. And uh, I was in my pool and I put it on speakerphone because I think it was supposed to be my day off. Like that was just part of it. And I was swimming around the pool listening. And then so like I was way on the other side of the pool with a beer. And then they're like, David, what'd you think about that? David? And I'm like, oh shit. I'm like swimming as fast as I can. It's on mute. I'm like swimming as fast as I can back to the mic to like unmute it. Uh yeah. And I, I, I spit it out. Like I had my numbers in my head good enough that I hit it right away. And they're like, yeah. Oh. All right, cool. Yeah. All right, let's move on. I was like, oh, thank God. But you're like, this is what happens, man. This is the this is the new world where you can work that way, and it's kind of funny. You, you can't, know? and you know what? The thing is, like, if you're as long as you're not letting it distract you from the call, you're paying to, you're involved, you're engaged. Like, yeah. To me, it doesn't have to be like a um a pro. Now, I've I've been on calls where you could tell the other person was like totally like I was on a call once and the guy was grilling and smoking and drinking and chatting with his buddies. Yeah, and I was like, and I called him out for that. I was like, dude, not at all appropriate. Like, if yeah. you want to be grilling and drinking and smoking, that's cool. But yeah, like I don't want you to be going. Hold on a sec. Hey, y'all. Like, come on, come yeah. on. Now. Yeah, 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 yeah. You gotta, you gotta be, you gotta fit where you're at and if you're able to perform then like my 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 viewpoint on anyone that's ever worked for me has always been like if you perform and you're ethical i don't really give a shit how you do it i really don't care if you want to swim in your pool with a beer and you can still put out the numbers to me that i asked for what who good awesome i'm glad that your life is that sounds like a awesome thing like that's so cool that you can do that who cares? But like to your point too, like for sure, I agree with yeah. that. Well, and I, I mean, I'm the same way with my team. I'm like, we are results driven. So I'm like, as long as you hit your result, I don't really care how you got there as long as you didn't do anything unethical. <laughs> like, I love that. I, you do what you got to. I told one lady once, I was like, I'm going to pay you X amount of dollars for this task. If you do it in two hours, you're going to make like four figures an hour. If you do it in 20 hours, you're going to like, I don't care. You do however much time you need. Yeah. Get it done, but I it believe needs that's to be right. done to par. I think that that is the way that business should be conducted. And that's yeah. that's how people actually get the work-life balance that they're supposed to have because of how much time is wasted in business to accomplish the same fiscal tasks. It, blo- it absolutely, that like when I'm in corporate America, that is the thing that just as like a, 
entrepreneur head living in a corporate America. That is what I see on a day to day. And you're just like, I cannot fathom why we are sitting here for five hours of fluff to get three hours of work done. And all of us are wasting our lives right now. I can't, I cannot even sit there and let your, your, your mind is blown. You're like, Oh my God. Well, and then the like we have to with business. that kind of crap, like, so when that's happening, you create this culture of it's okay to waste time, which yeah. then drives oh, me yeah. crazy because now you got someone who's not working at capacity because they know they're not going to get in trouble. And they, you know, like I know people who talk about how, um, you know, I've got, you know, I've got 10 hours of work to do, but my boss thinks it takes me 40. So I just, you know, yeah. pretend it takes 40. And I'm like, spread it out. Yeah. I'm like, what is like, how, how much are we devaluing each other by letting bullshit like that happen? Constant. And like, my thing for that would be like, if they were ever like, oh, but if we like, you know, make it less strict, then like, they won't do it. It's like, listen, no one said that you can't fire people for not doing their job. So if right. you say, get this done, and if you get it done in two hours, then you're good. Then guess what? People are going to get it done in two hours. And if they don't, yeah. then you fire them. Do you know what I right. mean? Like, not if it's like a not possible thing to do in that time, but it's like, if you're giving people, you know, things that could take 40 hours or could take eight and they get it done in eight then it doesn't matter. And and it's just like, our, right. our, we, we can't think that way because we have to feel like we're productive. And that's why the businesses do that. And I know, I understand all of it, but it's just like, I totally, I think it's, I, you know, it's laziness that it's, it's easier to manage people. Like if I'm going to tell you, you have to get something done in two hours, or I'm going to tell you to get something done as quickly as you want to, I have to manage the quality then. Right. So I have to go and check your quality which means I have to be on top of you, which means I have to be proactive about managing you. And yep. that's where the managers fall off. And so like, and, and this also means, right. So I have to also be proactive about managing whether or not you meet other standards. So you have to meet your job standards, but you also need to meet company standards. If you're not matching the company culture, company core value, then you're at, you got to be out of there. And so it requires more work from the managers. And so I think what happens is you end up with all these either either lazy managers or managers who don't know to do it because right. when I got promoted to being a manager, like it was like my boss walked into my office and said, Hey, um, do you want to manage the retention team? Cause like our retention numbers suck and yours are good. And we think you could turn it around. And I was like, uh, let me think about it. I don't know if I want to stop being a sales rep. And I came back to him a couple of days later and I was like, okay, I'll take over the retention team. If you give me a raise, you give me these things. And he did. And so I take over the team two weeks later and I just remember I had my first team meeting with my team now and I went home at the end of that day and all I could think of was like, oh my God, like these people are relying on me. They're counting on me. Yeah. I don't know what to, I, I, I was, it was, it was overwhelming because I was like, I don't know what to do with this. Like, and I just, I just had like had this like freak out. That was when I started like looking up leadership books and yeah. like anything I, cause I had no training on what to do in that scenario. Yeah, I would say like um my like I don't regret at all becoming uh a leader in an organization because it definitely like it messed with my like outside life which also affected the growth for my side hustle which sucked which sucked and I learned from that. Yeah. So like my current day job when I'm out of there there's nothing that I have to do and that's amazing. That's nice. You know, but I don't regret it because 
it gave me like a taste of like the buck stops at you before I have employees in a business that I'm creating the income for. And I needed to taste that where like I had decisions that had to be made for me where you're the person, you have the decision. And then like you like pause for a second, almost like as if it's going to go past you. And then they're like still standing in front of you and they're like, no, like you're the one that makes the decision. Like, what do you want to do? And then you're like, oh shit. Uh, the buck stops at me. Like I, I, I had to make a decision right now. It, it might not be the, the right decision. The right. fact is I had to be able to make decisions on a point right away. Yes or no. Yep. Yep. You have to be able to make decisions that quickly. And that was a trait that was very good to give to me because now like I can make decisions quickly and mm-hmm. I can deal with the outcome from it afterwards quicker. So it was all a good thing that that happened that way. Like that was a good piece of history to, to be in, baked in. Yeah. I, you know, I usually find most, cause there are people who are like, well, you know, knowing what you know now, would you have left your corporate job sooner? Knowing what you know now, would you not have gone to college? Knowing what you know now, would you? And I'm like, I wouldn't change a single thing because yep. everything I've gone through is part of what's gotten me to where I am. And one yep. thing I have learned is that some of the moments I am most grateful for in my life that I look back on with the deepest gratitude for are some of the moments that were the most painful to get to and through. Yep. You know, standing in the parking lot, crying, calling my mom because I didn't know what else to do at that point in my life, you know, cause they just screwed my commission check again. Like that was a really hard moment. And that was months of challenge leading up to that but I wouldn't change it because that was the moment that she said, no, you're done. You're going to start, you're going to learn how to start a sales training practice and we're out. You're done. You're leaving. You're done with these guys. Don't care about you. They're not taking care of you. And so it doesn't matter. You know, I wouldn't change any of those moments because they're all where I've gotten. And I've gotten to stand on stage with like some of my heroes and I have, I gotten to talk to people and get to know people now that I'm just like, Oh, like I get off the phone and I'm like, Oh, like (laughs) freaking Chris you know you don't do that when you're on the phone but afterwards you're like yeah you like you you might have the hands up but like you put them outside the screen where you're like they're like oh what the hell are you doing you're you're fangirling right but you're like you're like I'm trying to fix a light right now you're like right (laughs) (laughs) exactly I'm doing that but like you don't need to know what I'm doing oh it's hot outside right yeah why are you still doing it (laughs) if the AC's on yeah right um but like I, I live this incredible life now. All these, there's so many times when I look around and I'm like, this is my job. Like, this is work. This is awesome. <laughs> Hell <laughs> like, yeah. How is this work? And so, you know, and, and I'm like, let's not make this all roses. There are some moments that I'm like, dying too. So, like, you know, we got, why we got is this cool. work? Why is this work? <laughs> Yeah. Right. Why do I have to deal with this? All this stuff. Earlier today, I was messing with some technology stuff, which usually rule of thumb is but we've decided Steph is not great with technology. Don't let her touch it. Um, but okay. Fair. I, was, I was trying to mess with something earlier and it was taking forever. And I was just like, oh my God, this is so frustrating. And, you know, none of my team members were here to save me from it. So I had to muddle through it on my own. Um, so we have, we have both moments, but you know, that's, you know, what, what, what does your mentor say? Be where your feet are. Yeah. Be where your feet are. Right. Just stay inside that moment and love that moment, live that moment and really embrace it. And it makes such a huge difference. So 
I want to vibe on like we have been like honestly just like so connected on stuff that we've been straight up chatting and I, like I have I feel like there was something that I wanted to talk about that I wanted to share with the audience that I haven't even like gotten into yet <laughs> and we've already 50 minutes in like we're just like on it so it's been cool I want to talk because like I, I really feel like you have such a good standpoint from what growth disrupt is all about yeah. where like personally like I I have an MBA I've worked in a lot of small businesses. I've worked sales. I've been like number one in sales and things like, I feel like I have a good grasp on, on, on business in in general. And then I am a creative. So constantly I'm, I'm trying to, to find the, you know, bridge the gap, hit the Delta between creatives that really don't like business. Like it's not like, and I, and I get it. Like there's a lot of business that I just like now because I've been, I've been wrapped up in it, that there's a lot of stuff that I like about it. And there's a creative portion that I find in it that I enjoy separate almost. But, but I, but my goal with this podcast is helping that creative community. And there's a lot of people that are absolutely insane at what they do but they just don't want to do the business or they don't even want to find a way to delegate the business enough where I find that they get past a point of hobby income or they're able to manage things enough, either whether it's time or finance or like discipline or like anything to make it so that maybe they're monetizing well, but like they're not making it so that they're, they're in the full time for some reason. And so I try to, I try to, see what, 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 what discussions will help them. And one thing that was really appealing from you with your sales background, um, and, and your, in your explosive growth from just starting out on that, what would you recommend? Like when you're talking to business, like you talk to a lot of small businesses and these events are really structured at like flipping a small business mindset for mm-hmm. whatever, you know, maybe if they don't have that mindset yet, what are some things that you would recommend to someone where, Maybe they're getting income right now from their band. They're getting it from making shirts. They're getting it from whatever, whatever they're doing. What is like a basic principle for them that you think could be like, this will help you get growth in it to work towards making that your full-time living? So if I had to choose just one thing to give um, that is versatile and really was one of the biggest things to just completely rewrite my life is this concept of the baseline strategy. Okay. So the baseline strategy is based on the idea that whatever result you're getting in your life is a result of the effort you put out. Okay. Effort equals result. Sure. Pretty basic equation. Most people won't argue with that too much. Um, and if you want to change the result, what do you change? You going going back to high school math. What do you have to change? Right change the result. You change both sides of the equation, right? So whatever I do to one side, I have to do to both. So I'm going to multiply it by, you know, if I want to get double the result, I have to double the effort. So in order to change your result, your outcome, you have to change your effort. Your effort is your baseline. So you have things you are doing, whether you realize it or not, on a daily, weekly, and monthly basis that you're doing consistently. You're doing repetitively. The key is to identify what those things are. So if you're making a post to Instagram every single day and you're doing a podcast every single week and you're doing this and you're doing that and you're going to a networking event and you're whatever those things are, right? 
what are the things you're doing daily, weekly, monthly? Once you figure out what those things are, that's your baseline. And now you know what is the effort I'm putting in that's producing the result I'm getting. So if I want to change the result, I need to change the effort. I need to change the baseline. And you have two options. You can either add something to the baseline or take something away. So what I encourage people to do is figure out what is, for example, if you really want to level up your, your, your revenue in order to turn the business into something that makes real money, right? And whether you're wanting to do that, because even if you're a creative who is, you know, just running their own business and doing their own thing. Um, like one-to-one ratio, like what I'm doing right now outputs money, right? Right. And, and so if you're like, you're having to do stuff that is outside of your energy advantage, stuff that does not get you excited, stuff you don't love doing in the business. You're, you have to do that. To, to, if you want to have income coming in, you're going to have to pick up stuff that you're not super psyched about doing. Yep. So what, if you want to get to the point where you can outsource all that stuff, And just, even if you just want to be able to have a bunch of VAs who handle all the nitty gritty so that you can do the creative stuff you love, you're going to have to increase, you're not going to have to increase revenue. So you got to figure out what am I doing sales wise? What activities am I doing that's producing sales? Yep. And then either add stuff to it or take stuff away. So let's say you're making one Instagram post per day and you're like, oh man, every time I make an Instagram post, I get sales. Like I consistently get one to two sales for every Instagram post I make. Like if my, let's use the t-shirt idea, right? I put a post out there about my t-shirts. I sell a t-shirt. Okay. Well, if you're consistently doing that, then how could you increase that? Well, you could increase the number of sales by increasing the number of followers. You could also increase it by increasing the number of posts, right? So now you change it to where you're posting twice a day, right? And you're starting to add in, you say, okay, in addition to posting twice a day to Instagram. I'm also going to add in two lives per week, right? I wasn't doing any lives before. I'm going to add in two lives per week. And I'm going to add in um, finding five people to engage with and comment on every single day, right? Right. So that I'm building that social currency, building the connection, building the relationship. Yeah. Okay. And that's your new baseline. So previously your baseline was post to Instagram once a day. Now your baseline is post twice a day, Go live twice a week and comment on five people's um, profiles every day. Because okay? you found that that's something that's bringing in income for you. Right. So you're increasing what is already giving you income. Correct. So what is what am I doing that is generating? And some people are going to sit here and be like, well, Steph, like nothing. I'm not doing any, nothing's generating sales. Like, yeah. what do I do then? How do some I people, do that? Some people, it's just a hobby, but they're like, oh shit, maybe I could make this into a you know, just like you, like you, like at, during that day job, you're like, I want to start something. It didn't make money yet. Right. 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 So what I did was I, this was where having a coach, I find somebody who is making money and find out what they did. Right. So I went to my coach and I said, okay, what, what do I need to do? And he said, you are going to, you're going to make 25 cold calls at lunch every single day. You're going to send out 25 connection requests on LinkedIn every single day. You're going to, we designed a, a, um, a content funnel that I took those connections through. Um, and so um, I, we designed, so we had like, I think eight or 12 messages that we'd pre-written. And so we had all these people and we tracked them through. And I made sure that every single day I sent out 25 LinkedIn requests. I sent out 25 messages. To I had a group, um, 
I had eight groups of people. So I would send out 25 messages to each group each day. So it took me a while to move them through that, that content funnel. But yeah. what we found was after they got three or four or five messages, I would get people messaging me back going, Hey, this is really interesting. You know, what do you do? What can we have? And I would actually start to have a conversation with people. So, um, so it was the 25 cold calls, 25 LinkedIn requests, 25 messages. There were a few other things that he was having me do one networking event per week. Uh, one social media post per day, um, one YouTube video per week. Like there were, there was a handful of things, but nice. I went to someone who had built a business and I said, what do I need to do? Yeah. And I got him to give me to do. And then once he gave me what he was doing, Kate, everyone's different, right? So what worked for him, not all of it worked for me. And so there was some stuff that I cut out that I was like, yeah, this isn't doing anything. Eh, this isn't doing anything. Now nope, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. Um, but you got to start somewhere and you can think in terms of the sales process, right? So sales process is you generate a lead, you set an appointment, you convert the lead, right? Generate a lead, set an appointment, convert the lead. That's, um, that's a traditional sales process. If you're selling t-shirts, probably going to be a little bit different, but for the most part, right? Um, if you're in, you know, sales, you have to sell people. So what do you do? You need to figure out what can I do that's going to generate more leads? What do I, how do I set appointments with people? How can I increase the activity I'm doing to set appointments? And then you start tracking how many appointments you're running so that you can tweak your scripts so you can increase your closing ratio. Right. And I think like, um, I think what happens with creatives is, you know, like we won't, we won't think of our product or our service in that way where we're like, oh, like I don't want to be a sellout. Or I don't, like right. I did a post about this the other, the other day and I was like, there's a difference between being a sellout and just being able to live the life that you want to have. There's a, there's a, there's something in between there that's not, you don't have to sell out to be doing sales. Well, and, you know what I mean? You know, like you so- don't, you, you have to be calculated. You have to be business practical and understand what is bringing in income and doing things to positively affect what you're doing to bring in income, but it doesn't mean sales in the traditional sense of like, oh, I have to go on this and I need to close whatever service that I can possibly put out. I need to do whatever I have to do to like, you don't have to, you don't right. have to do that as a creative. Like say, say I'm a graphic designer. I'm I, like, I'm an audio engineer, but I feel like I just talk on that so much that I'm trying to like do other viewpoints. Say I'm a, I'm a voice actor because Ryan, our co-host who couldn't be here tonight, he's a voice actor. Right. He doesn't have to be like, I can do any voice in the world and however I close it. It's like he need, but he does, but it would make sense to reach out to people who he thinks may be interested in voice acting. Mm-hmm. Hey, this is what I do. I saw that you do X. I think that that's phenomenal because of this reason. This is why I'm reaching out to you. If you'd ever like me to, you know, meet up and talk about what I do specifically, these are the exact voices that I do. Let me know. And yeah. generate a lead. Creatives won't even do that a lot of the times. They will not reach out to people because they're like, no, people need to come to me. And, um, you know, I don't want to bother them because, like, people who haven't done sales before, and I'm definitely not talking to introverts because introverts can do sales. That is such a myth out there, too. Oh, yeah. Also, like, I want to break that right away. Anyone who's out there is like, oh, I'm an introvert. I can't do sales. Bullshit. That's not a fact. It's different. You do things differently. Everyone has their own way to do sales. But what I, I, I'm really interested in is if you're doing a creative business, you know, 
you can do sales in a formula. You can do it in a process with a script. And the script means that it's something that you've said before that was successful. Right. And then you've proven to be successful more than once with when you say it this way, it seems to get your point across in a way that jives with people. So they want to engage with what you're doing. And it's just saying, do more and lean into what you're good at. Keep doing what you're good at and keep finding people to present it to so you can do more things that bring in income for you doing something that you want to do that you won't get worn out at. That's it. That's all I'm trying to say. Like, like I think that that is the middle ground. And I think that like creatives a lot of times shun from it because they're like, I'm a sellout. And I think that it's not true. Right. And I think it holds a lot of people that are amazing, amazing people doing amazing arts that could be helping a lot more people if they're able to generate a lot more sales because they would free up 40 hours of their life. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So there's like three points you touched on there that I was like chomping at the bit. So first of all, (laughs) the introverts thing. Okay. We got to talk about this one. I'm an ambivert, so I can go either way. I can do the introvert thing. I can do the extrovert thing. I've never heard that, but that fits me. So I like that. All right. Right. An ambivert. I need my quiet time. I need my quiet space. I need my internal space. You want to throw me into a room full of people I don't know? It is not going well. Okay. (laughs) Not happening, but you want to throw me into a room full of people where I know one or two people, I can work it, right? I can make this happen. But there's a book that if you're an introvert in sales, you got to look this book up. It's called The Introvert's Edge. Nice. Yeah, it's by a guy by the name of Matthew Pollard, and he's an Aussie, and um, he's a true introvert, and he is phenomenal at sales. Like he, This is the guy who was within like four months of moving to Austin, Texas, like from Australia, moved to Austin, Texas. Oh my God. And within four months was being called by the mayor, the most well-known man in Austin, Texas. What? Yeah. Like crazy. Austin's not a small city. Y'all. Like, it's no. Crazy. And it's nuts. It, yeah, it is. It is great. But like he's, so if you're an introvert and you're sitting here going, but I can't sell because his whole thing is introverts, actually, it's a huge asset in sales. You've got to embrace that side of yourself because it actually gives you a huge edge that so many people just don't even realize. So if you'll embrace that introverted side of yourself, you can sell better than extroverts can. Cool. Okay. So that was the first point that you touched on that I was like, yes, I got I to gotta address this. Um, the second one was like that selling from who you are piece. Like yes. that's so important. Speak your truth. You, people will know the truth right away and and latch onto it. But if you speak bullshit, people can smell the bullshit from so far away. They immediately are not going to listen to another word that you say in the world. Yeah. Like they, they, we check out, we are done. We're at the point. We are very much an evolving and awakening society. And we can tell when we're talking to people who are full of shit and we walk away every time. It's like, I can tell when you're checking out. I can tell when you're not being you. And so that goes kind of goes into this whole, this, this third one, this whole, like, if I go and do sales, I'm a sellout. So one thing to keep in mind is, first of all, there are a ridiculous number of insanely talented people out there who have never had a fair shake. I mean, they're yeah. seriously, right? Yeah. And there's a ridiculous Everywhere. number of really horribly talented people who are not like, they're like, you know, <sighs> probably shouldn't name names here, but you know, like I just remember back when I was tutoring English and I, it was my whole world. Like we would all, all the English tutors, we would all sit around and be like, how in the ever living hell is Stephanie Meyer so freaking famous? 
for Twilight. Like, <laughs> what the F? <laughs> right? <Yeah. laughs> it's not really great literature. It's not an awesome, but somehow she's famous. And yet all this other stuff that really not, you know, really awesome, not getting the attention. And that is where I actually talk about. Um, that in that my, happens in every art. Yes. Everything. Oh yeah. Across the Absolutely board. everything. It's unreal. It is. And it's you get crazy. people who just made it. You didn't, you're more talented. And the, where I see that becoming a problem is a lot of times these creatives get this chip in their shoulder. Right. And so now they're going around angry. And so they drive away opportunities. But that's a that's a side note. Yep. Yeah, I agree. One of the things I have found is that my business drastically increased and improved when I started embracing who I really was. And just being that person and not worrying about whether or not I was going to drive people away. And so, you know, you don't want to be a sellout. Embrace who you are and be that person in a way that other people can see it. Right. Right. So get on Instagram because that's where people are hanging out and be who you are on Instagram or Facebook or TikTok or wherever you need to go and embrace what makes you legit, what makes you real. And really stand out there because you don't have to sell out. Actually, you'll be more successful if you don't sell out. If you, yeah. and when I say don't sell out, I don't mean don't make sales calls and don't go out there and put yourself out there. <laughs> what I mean is, you like for a long time when I was getting the business off the ground, I had this idea in my head that public figure Stephanie had to be a different person than yeah. like a brand. You know, I'm a brand thing. Right. And then like, when I get off stage, I cannot be that thing. Right. Like there had to be too distinct and it just created all this confusion. And when I finally just said, screw this, I'm just going to be Stephanie. And you know what? Sometimes Stephanie puts her foot in her mouth <laughs> and she says stuff she shouldn't say. And she's really, you know, slightly too rambunctious over the top. She like, this is just who Stephanie is. And I'm just going to own it. And that's it. We're done. I'm oh, moving yeah. on. Yeah. Um, my business just blew up at that point and it continues to blow up because I embrace who I am, but I do it in a way that allows me the opportunity to get public attention. I go out there as me in a way that brings people to me. So I go to events and I talk and I engage and I do social media and I engage with people in a way that is authentically, truly who I am. Yep. And doing that, holding myself to do sales is not comfortable for anybody. Like no, no. one no one gets excited having to go make cold calls. Even when you've like, done it for a long time, you still have to wake up in the morning and then hit that like first X amount of calls before you're like, now I don't give a shit. No one just right. like inherently flat out doesn't give a shit about anything in the world except for Grant Cardone. But no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, and you <laughs> know what? Not, though, but... even, even those people who like flat out don't actually give a shit, like they're usually really crappy salespeople <laughs> because, yeah. because they can't connect, right? So sales is tough. Sales is emotionally, it can be exhausting. It is a lot of work. It takes a lot out of you, but... If you're willing, here's the thing, and I'm, I'm sure we're probably coming up on the end here, so this is probably a good thing to end on. I always talk about this acronym that I created called EFFORT. Cool. 
And what I talk about is that effort stands for earned freedom for overcoming real tempests. So if you write that out, you got E-F-F-O-R-T, earned freedom, right? And tempest is just like my fancy word for storms because I needed it to say effort and not effers. So like, you know. Effers would be kind of cool too. Right. Probably Let's, less um, less acceptable to put on stage. What's up, you effers? <laughs> but like I look at people and I'm like, like, here's the thing. We've all had to go through some storms, right? Like, and we're all gonna go through more. Yeah. Because that's how life is. Hundred percent. If you're willing to put the effort in, you can earn the freedom to have the life you want. So look at your life. What do you love about it? What do you hate about it? Yep. You have the prerogative to make changes. Make your life what you love. Embrace it live it, be happy, and be willing to put the effort in to make it happen. That is the point of this show, Stephanie. It's called the Waking Up From Work podcast. And it means that if you hate a thing that you're doing 40 hours a week, then don't do it. And if you're like, well, how can I just not do it? It doesn't mean that you just don't do it because we all are realistic about how we need to live our lives. It just means that if you don't like something, then change it. And if you feel that you can't change it or you don't do anything to change it, then stop itching about it. That's literally like all I have to say on it. And we all have, we all have our storms. Some people have storms that they had right at birth. And I, and there's things that I haven't dealt with as storms that I I have the utmost sympathy and empathy for where you're like, listen, man, you've been dealing with some shit that I didn't have to deal with, so I can't judge it for anything. But I can only tell people that, you know, if you don't like something, change it. It's a really basic principle, but I feel like it's it's hard when you're living in it and you get in rhythm and you get in sync with living in that shit that if you don't like Literally, I mean, it's not an easy thing. None of this is easy. That five months that you did wasn't easy. Right now, you probably enjoy it. It still doesn't mean that it's easy enjoyment. You're still doing stuff to hustle and do what you need to do all the time that you're doing, right? You're going to have to do stuff. And you, you you know, I know people who are like, we'll never do anything you don't want to do. I'm like, you know what? Sometimes there's shit you have to do that you don't want to do. Like 100%. You just push through it and you minimize that as much as possible. Like that's the goal is to be able to minimize the parts of your life that you don't like and move on and stuff's going to come up. And for you to be like my personal mission statement is to empower others to recognize the power of personal choice. I want people to realize that in every situation you have a choice. You always have a choice. So exercise your choice and either put the effort in like a shit or get off the pot. Yep. Like I don't have patience for people who complain about, you know, life sucking and this sucking and well, like, I'm like, you know what, then fix it. Like yeah. do something about it. There's always a solution. There's always an answer. Go find it. I, I always told people that they would get uh, like, people would get mad at me because when I started thinking like that, there'd be like some real shit going on. Like, something it would be like an emergency like it literally has changed the way that i react in an emergency and like there'd be some crazy shit happening and i would just be like like they would be freaking out screaming whatever and i'd be sitting there and like i would definitely not gonna lie like i'm i'm freaked out like i'm like shit you know we're in a car accident or we're in a rafting incident or we're like there's some shit happening it's no joke that we're shit happening and i'm still in my mind i'm still frantic where i'm like there's shit happening right now Right. I'm freaking out a little bit, 
but I'm I'm very cool where I, like cool and I'm like I'm quiet and I'm focused and I'm just like what is the solution for this thing and that like literally redundantly I'm just like what is the thing that I do to make this not that situation and it's like you have to have that every day when you wake up of just like every day when you wake up shit's going down you're in the fucking whitewater rafting issue you're in the car accident. When you wake up in the morning and you go into work and you hate that job and you're sick and you have kids and you have like these things that you have to go to and you have this thing that demands attention and this bill that came in and you have, it's a rainy day, it's snowy out, like just like there's, there's shit that's happening every day. Mm-hmm. But if you're not sitting in there, how do I create the solution? How do I create the solution? And constantly, constantly just drilling only that, then yeah. It's really hard to get through all that stuff. And it's really hard not to just be frantic and be the one screaming that's not yeah. solving the problem. Right. If you're not well, solving and, the and problem. And when you let yourself get into a reactive mode, I use the analogy all the time of, of wildfires. So, you know, like firemen will actually go out and start a controlled burn through areas in order to limit the risk of an out-of-control wildfire. Right? Mm. They go out, they cultivate, they work very hard to keep the forest in good shape. And when they're able to be proactive about it, there are much fewer drastic fires that really wreck serious havoc. It's when they're not able to go out there and be proactive. And and it's not, it's not a 100%, right? Obviously there's, you know, clearly stuff. There's going to be stuff that that is out of control, but when they're able to go out there and they're able to burn things down, they're able to do the controlled burns. They're able to, to manage it, be proactive. They limit the risk, right? Whereas once a wildfire starts and it's going, I mean, you're just doing everything you can to just try and contain it. Just keep it it out. Right. Yeah. And so same thing with your life, right? If you're proactive and looking at what's going on, how do I start making a difference now? How do I be proactive? It just makes such a huge freaking difference. Just, I mean, mind-blowingly big difference. Um, and, you know, I, I wish we could get more people to really, to really own that because I think a lot of times people, they are so quick to put the blame elsewhere. Right. Yeah. And I can, I can relate because for eight months I sat there and, you know, it was, I didn't, I, I didn't take any action to, to f- fix the issue. Right. Three grand a month over eight months. That's a pretty decent chunk of change. And yeah. I just sat there and took it and took it and took it and took it. And, you know, that people are also like, well, you know, would you, would you have started the business sooner? I'm like, well, that one I might have actually gone back and done. <laughs> like, I might have done that one sooner. Yeah. But like, you can sit there and as long as you refuse to take ownership, as long as you refuse to put the effort out, life's going to keep being exactly the way it is. I agree with that. I love it. Um, we went already over, but like, <laughs> I just like was jamming. Like, I, I really was feeling this episode tonight. This is awesome. Um, we should cap it out. We should also talk some other time because we're like, we're super in sync, but we yeah. should cap this out right now. Are you down with that? Like, I'm, I'm down with that. I'm, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I figure, I feel like we're, we're going to, people are going to be like a two hour episode. What the heck? People are like, I'm not listening to that. That's <laughs> right. going to mess with my energy. I'm not doing that. I'm bailing right. out of here. Um, all right. So I usually ask five questions at the end and okay. I usually like to have it so that you just answer how you think it, like whatever you think, 
answer it. Doesn't have to be perfect. Right. Um, the first one trips people up because we always, always cover it on an episode. You probably already heard me say this, Ethan, if you listen to them anyway. But I always say, what made you pursue this thing as it as your passion? Like, what made it so that the thing that you do right now is the thing that you did the five months of like grind for? Like, why is this the thing? What is it about this? So I had a guy give me a call last year and he said, Steph, I got to tell you something. Um, He said, when your assistant called me to set up a time for us to chat, I didn't tell her this, but I was looking at a spreadsheet trying to figure out how I could liquidate my assets and shut the business down. Oh, He said, when we got on the phone, you asked me, what's your 10-year plan for this business? And all I could think of was, don't admit to this chick you're trying to shut this thing down. Okay. And he said, and you convinced me to buy into this program and start coaching with you. And he goes, and now I truly legitimately have a clockwork business that runs without me and generates profits without me that I get to live off of and I get to take advantage of. And I can't thank you enough for that. Like that's, that's why I got into this because I know there's people out there who hate their life and hate their business and their business sucks and their employees hate working for them Yeah, because they're God. so miserable that they make their employees miserable too. They just And you spend it. 66% of your life at work. It shouldn't suck. That's why I did this. wow okay um i don't (laughs) know if the other questions would be that good yeah um all right so um what is like i think that most people on this podcast have been amazing where there are optimists or they own their shit just like you were saying where they believe that everything happens for a reason or they're like i don't regret anything that happened but what right. would be something where like, say five year, 10 year earlier, you is doing the same type of things, right? And you're like, listen, I'm going to give you this lesson. You can just take this and absorb it instantly somehow through magic, but don't do this thing. Like, don't do this. This sucked. I don't recommend this to anyone. Avoid it. Uh, so 10 year ago, Stephanie. Um... 2010. Yep. 10 year ago, Stephanie was incredibly depressed dealing with clinical depression, dealing with a lot of shit from, you know, we, as a family, my whole family kind of got hit with some very big, you know, a couple of my family members were, were, um, targeted by sexual predators, like in a very short period of time, two of them. Um, and it broke my family apart And my family's always been super close, super tight. And right before I went to college, all this kind of fell apart. And, you know, my family, my core fell apart. And I went to school like across the country. We live in Texas. I went to school in Ohio. My God. And um, I, I dealt with a lot of depression over those four years. And what I would tell 10 year ago, Stephanie is, It 
is not worth it. It's not worth it to, to dwell so much on, you know, because I, I would dwell, like live in, I mean, yeah, I want to live in the moment now, but like, I would never see past that moment. And that everything got blown up to being so much bigger and harder and more problematic than it should have been. And I would have, I would have, that's the, that's the lesson that I would tell Stephanie that 10 year ago, Stephanie is it's not worth, it's not worth taking everything so personal. It's not worth taking everything so seriously. Everything's so hard. It gets better. You're going to be fine. Focus on the positive. Wow. Okay. Um, yeah. Wow. You're getting some pretty serious answers out of me here. I, I know I'm getting some good ones. Um, so flip side to that, let's get positive. <laughs> after, right? after we're blown away. Um, best thing you've ever done. You're like looking back to someone who's just starting out and whatever it is that you're after. And you're like, if you, if there's anything that you do, do this thing. I really recommend it. Do it sooner than later. Get rid of the shit that isn't serving you. You know what it is. You know what you're doing that you and it's holding you back. Get it out of your life. Can you repeat that? I think your mic got messed up. Oh, did it? Um, get rid of the things that don't serve yeah, you. Yeah, get rid of get rid of the things that don't serve you. You know what you're doing. You know the stuff that you are doing that isn't serving you, that isn't working for you. Cut it out and move on. You know what they are because those are the things that you go to do that you think you have to do, but you hate doing. Cut it out of your life and free up your life for something better. Mm. Perfect. Okay. Next two are way easier. I promise. Next (laughs) two are way easier. Usually this next one is literally what is a book, a resource, a podcast, a movie, a website? What's some type of thing that you recommend to the audience? It could be in business. It could be in sales. It could be to creative life. It could literally be anything that you think that would be helpful for these people to go check out. Okay. I'm going to recommend an author. Um, because all of his books are just mind-blowingly phenomenal. Um, and his name is Mike Michalowicz. Okay. So M-I-C-H-A-L-O-W-I-C-Z, which no one can spell. So if you go to MikeMotorbike.com, okay. um, you can get his, his website. He has a book called Profit First that will blow your damn mind about freaking everything with finances in your business. He has a book called Clockwork that is going to just knock you flat on your back. He has a book called Pumpkin Plan that is going to have you jumping so excited because it makes rapid organic growth possible. I mean, he's just like legit. We've had him speak at a couple of our events and... If you can get the hard copy of his books and then listen to the audible version, because he's fucking hilarious to listen to. <laughs> and then you like, you want to be reading along because you want to do all the exercises in the hard copy. So okay. get both of them. It's so worth it. And I always do that. 
I always do audiobook and hard copy. I do audio yeah. audiobook when I'm driving in the car because I drive so much. Yep. But and that makes it so I can always really like bring in info, but I never retain it as well as I do if I take a book and then highlight shit and write things and like yep. you know like full pages and things like that. I find together it's really good because I get hit with all the material right away with an audiobook. I do that first. Yes. Hit with it. And then like I have the general concepts like already in my head. I could talk about it to someone if I wanted to. Then when I read the book and I highlight things that I want, then I really concretely absorb that Own into it. me. And that's yeah. been like I've, I'm so about that. That's what I do for pretty much every book that I'm I'm doing right now. Yeah. yeah. And, and then like, I mean, it's been, especially with his books, like he gives you exercises to do that you can't do listening to the audiobook. Like that's so cool. Like that is really uh, that he was, he was the one I started doing that with. And then I realized I loved it and I started doing it with all the books because I was like, Hey, this is actually a really helpful process. Hell yeah, it is. So for people, <laughs> if you, if you're driving in your car, or you're like on a dog walk or something that author in those books will be in the show notes, waking up from work.com slash show notes on episode 43 you can go check those out if you want to just link it up don't be driving and be throwing that on notepad or something like that we got your back uh last question easiest i promise unless you're super unorganized but i don't feel that from you uh where do people keep up with you social media websites like if people want to keep up with your brand where do they go I am a Facebook fanatic. I spend way too much time on there. Um, it's the only app that I won't let my team undownload from my phone. Uh, so <laughs> um, I am so Facebook. If you look up Success Steph, um, that's my you know public figure page. And if you go, I always say this: if you go like look through the comments and look through the shares and the likes, you'll find Stephanie Scheller Dupre, which is my full name on there. You can send me a friend request. Just when you send the friend request, send me a, a like a, a message that says, hey, I found you on you know Waking Up From Work podcast. <laughs> Otherwise, I'm going to be like, I don't know this person. Yeah, um, yeah. But Facebook's awesome. And then the other thing, like if you're not on Facebook, you want to connect, um, you can go to our website, growdisrupt.com. And if you want to chat with me, if you fill out the contact form and just say, I heard stuff on the podcast, I want to have a con my team will get you to me within like 24 hours. Cool. Like Rachel will be calling you within a few hours to set up an appointment and we'll chat. Like we're really, really pretty well oiled there. Um, so I would say either Facebook or, or the website. Cool. All right, guys. So that's going to put it out for you. That is episode 43 of the Waking Up From Work podcast. Big shout out. Thank you to Steph from Grow Disrupt in San Antonio, Texas. We're really uh, hanging out with people from around the country now and, and around the world. And it's it's getting super wild as a, as a local small New Hampshire boy here. So, <laughs> you know, thank you for being on with me and hanging out and drinking some good, some good whiskey. Right. <laughs> thank you. I'm glad when you, when you were like, all right, this is a, this is a drinking a beer podcast. I was like, all right, well, I hope he's legit. I, I did listen to one where you, you two were, were talking about drinking. I was like, all right, I guess they are legit. So I'm, <laughs> we I'm do bringing we, one with me. It's like a two beer limit for us. Like we're, we're trying to be super, <laughs> super about like, you know, head into it. But, uh, it's also like a, like a dinner conversation. It's supposed to be so. Right. That was perfect. Perfect. You know, <laughs> this is great. Thank you for having me on. I really appreciate it. All right, guys, that's going to do it for episode 43. Thank you guys for hanging out to the end. I know it was a long one, but I just didn't want to stop it because I felt like we were getting some good stuff out of there. If you want to check out Stephanie, 
and Grow Disrupt. I have her website, the book she recommended, and her social in the show notes at wakingupfromwork.com slash show notes if you want to check that out. If you want to see us live when we do these episodes every Thursday night, 7.30 p.m. Eastern at Dave Wake Up on Instagram, we are joined by our guests live when we do it, and it's a lot of fun. We usually take some of your questions at the end and answer them on Instagram or we answer them on the podcast. So that's been awesome. Shout out to everyone that's been hanging out with us. That's been a lot of fun. Thank you. If you want to support us, first of all, the free way, everyone likes free, right? Just subscribe, keep listening, keep giving us some love. And uh, if you haven't yet, a rating and review, I'm sure you've heard it from other podcasts you listen to, goes a long way on here to just help us get found If you found value from what we're giving you, that helps other people who might not have heard us yet see us in those algorithms out there. They're a tricky little machine that we're trying to figure out. So tons of love to you guys. Thank you for hanging out. I'm about to go watch the Super Bowl and uh, have a good time. So next week, we are going to be going live in Milford, New Hampshire with Aaron from eStudio Events. And we're going to be talking, how do we set up like an event? for a small business or a small activity or thing like that. Because I think there's a lot of us that could benefit from being able to throw some type of event, I have the air quotes out, for what we do. And it doesn't necessarily mean some mondo huge event where you're filling a stadium. It could be simple things that you're using to just build a community around you. So love you guys. Have an awesome week. Look forward to seeing you Thursday or next Monday or wherever. Have an awesome one. Peace.